Hello there. It's Erica Henry, Network Pastor of the Holy District. So good to be with you this week on another episode of the Holy District Podcast. This week, we are taking on a new spiritual practice. It's the practice of Sabbath. If you are Jewish, then you will be very, very familiar with the idea of Sabbath or Shabbat. If you are not, you might be thinking about one of the Ten Commandments or the day that you go to church, or maybe that word just sounds totally weird to you and you have no idea what we're talking about. No matter where you are on that spectrum, I'm really glad you're here today. I'm looking forward to talking about the practice of Sabbath and seeing if it's a spiritual practice that would support you as you're taking next steps on your spiritual journey. So let's jump in. Okay, so admittedly this one has been giving me a hard time as I've been thinking about how to work with this idea of Sabbath as a spiritual practice with you as a podcast listener, because we can't do Sabbath together over a podcast. Sabbath is a practice that is meant to be done with others, and so that's something we might return to in this episode. But yeah, I was really struggling. I was wondering, okay, is there any kind of guided meditation or thing that we can do together that would help kind of help us dip our toe into the water of practicing Sabbath. And man, I got to tell you, I I did not come up with anything. Sorry to disappoint. However, as I was doing some Bible study and reflection myself, preparing for this week, I just kept on coming, um, coming up to tons and tons in our Holy Scriptures that talk about the Sabbath. And so what I would like to do for this episode is just give a brief overview of what the practice of Sabbath is, and then give us some time to really just get soaked in what the scripture has to say about it. It's an idea that starts literally in the first pages and continues on through all of the Old Testament and is brought to its fulfillment in the person of Jesus. And I would also say that the practice of Sabbath, as I think the Bible intends and as God intends as a gift to us, we really miss out on in American culture, which is a culture that is consumed with consumerism and busyness and achievement and performance. And so if there's any practice that I'm going to share with you that I feel would probably change your life the most, if you were to put it actually into motion and make it a regular part of your life, I honestly think it would be this one. So I hope uh, this overview that I'm about to jump into will give you some grounding and then we'll just meditate on some scripture together and see where that takes us. All right, here's the overview. So the idea of Sabbath starts 
in Genesis after God creates the world. And he works for six days and then sets aside a day to rest and enjoy creation, enjoy everything that God made. And this is a really beautiful thing because it orients and anchors the entire Judeo-Christian story and this idea that our God is a God who works and our God is also a God who enjoys the work that God does, enjoys reflecting on and observing and contemplating the results of that work. And so that starts that melody going in the Bible, but I think it really finds its main importance in the story of the Exodus, where the people who would come to be known as Israel, as God's chosen people who he covenants with to bring about blessing to all of the nations, are not yet a nation. They are actually a group of people who have been enslaved by Pharaoh in Egypt. And as God delivers them out of slavery, where they were forced into labor every single day with minimal resources, where they toiled and they cried out to God, God delivers them from slavery. He liberates them from Egypt. And when he gives them their instruction as he is welcoming them into this really special relationship to be his covenant people, one of the instructions that he gives to them as a law is to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. This is a day where not only are the people of Israel that God has just delivered and is forming into a nation, not only are they supposed to not work, as opposed to what they did every single day, day in, day out, without relief in Egypt. But their kids aren't supposed to work. Servants aren't supposed to work. They're not even supposed to work their animals. Um, Also, any foreigners or anyone residing with them, they're not supposed to work. And so this is a day every single week where everything stops. The toil of life under the curse stops and everyone is invited to remember that they are not the ones that the world depends on they are not the ones creating and sustaining the world their work though it is important is not what is keeping everything together rather it is Yahweh who is doing that and Yahweh who never stops working who never needs rest who never needs to sleep who never needs a break models for us all the way back in Genesis that it is a beautiful and good thing to take a regular moment to consider what you have done and to rest and to contemplate the beauty of creation. And so this became a very important part of the identity formation of God's people. In in an environment where there was no such thing as a five-day work week, in an environment where everyone worked the land, everyone was probably, um, everyone was busy with the work of survival. It was an extreme act of trust and an extreme act of belief in the abundance that God can provide for this people group to say, okay, God, yes. One day a week, we will cease our toiling, we will cease our work, and we will trust that you will take care of us and that you are 
creating us and recreating us and we can depend on you. And I think that is kind of the story that that we modern Christians or sojourners or whoever we may be are being invited to and the practice of Sabbath. That with, a, uh, with some kind of regularity, we take a moment to cease our toil, to cease our, busy, our busyness, and to really depend on the abundance and the love of God to sustain and maintain and recreate us and our families, our neighborhoods, and our world. And that can look a lot of different ways. For the covenant people in the Old Testament of our Christian Bible, that looked like a day where they didn't farm and they didn't work their animals and they didn't make, they didn't have to work themselves or their children. They prepared and they did everything they needed to in the week leading up to that day so that they could have a a really wonderful meal together so that they could share the stories of what God had done for their people and that they could be together as family and as community in order to receive of the goodness of God together. And that may or may not be exactly the way that the practice of Sabbath ends up looking in your life, but the principles, I think, remain. And so let that be the foundation as I transition us into a time of just rapid reflection on many, many Bible verses that have to do about the Sabbath coming from the Old Testament primarily and see how that populates your imagination and what connections you might make between this ancient practice of the Sabbath, which by the way, um, Jewish people have been, have maintained this practice as far as we know from the beginning of their existence as a people going all the way back to the Exodus until modern day. This millennia that the Jewish people have been modeling the practice of Sabbath for all of humankind, which I think is such a beautiful gift uh, that that they have given to us. And so I'm going to give you a quick break if you want to grab your Bible and a journal or your notes app or whatever it might be so that we can just do some meditation together. All right, here we go. Let's get started in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. A similar passage with a little bit of a different emphasis. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. 
as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Okay, I want to pause on these two and just reflect on the small differences that kind of hint at why this practice is important, both to the people of Israel who were considering it as wisdom for their time, and also you and I, as we're considering what this practice might mean for us. In Exodus chapter 20, you see that it points to creation. It says that the reason that the Sabbath is important is because God models it for his people and that the day is blessed by God and it is an opportunity to experience the blessedness of God by remembering this day and setting it apart for God. This is a day that everyone gets to participate in from you, whoever you are, uh, your family, the people that are serving in your home, your animals. This is, uh, this is really alluding to the first day or the first page of Genesis where God creates everything and he looks at everything and says, this is very good. Everything from trees and vegetation to things that creep and crawl to things that fly in the air, everything in the earth and the sea and all that is in them. God considers on Sabbath day and says, this is, this is good stuff. This is, this is blessed. This is working. This is how things are meant to be. And so in this Exodus passage, the context being a people being liberated from slavery, he's saying, you have been toiling, you have been slaves and used for your labor. But in, in my family, as my people go, the way that I create the world, which is different than the empire of Egypt and Pharaoh, is that everyone, everything, every animal gets to experience blessedness. And by setting aside this one day every single week, you are reminded of the blessedness that I have to offer. Now, very similar description of who gets to participate in Sabbath in Deuteronomy, but you may have noticed a small difference at the end where it says, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. I think this is something that the Bible is really open-eyed about, that the people who became Israel, the covenant people of faith that God chose to bring about the salvation of the entire cosmos, those people began as an oppressed and enslaved group. And in Exodus, they were very aware of just how heavy the foot of the empire had been on their necks. But as time goes by, it is a very human thing. Uh, after we are delivered from something, after we receive liberation, and, and after we move from a place of oppression and we move into a place of freedom, it can become easy for us to take that for granted and to fall into our own patterns of oppressing others. And so there were servants as a part of the everyday reality for the people who were living at the time that the Bible was written and put together. And here in Deuteronomy chapter 5, 
it's important that the author highlights to us that the Sabbath is not only for us, it's actually for the people who are servants, that servants deserve the ability to experience rest and blessedness just as much as anyone else does. And so there's this string back tying the people to say, always remember that you were slaves in Egypt and let that inform the way that you treat other people. It's helping us understand that the practice of Sabbath isn't just about not doing stuff. The practice of Sabbath is about orienting ourselves to a vision of the world, to a vision of blessedness and liberation and new creation in the world and dependence upon Creator God to bring about those things in our lives so that when we fall into the patterns of our world, into the the kingdom of this world, which is about domination and looking out for yourself and hustling and achieving your worth and exploiting people to make the most money that you can and looking out for you and yours, that the practice of Sabbath would do something to you. It It would disrupt that default that is handed to us by our culture and bring us into a more beautiful vision for reality. There's another passage in Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 19 and 20. It says, I am the Lord your God. Follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Keep my Sabbaths holy, that they may be a sign between us. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. And so here's this idea of the Sabbath being a sign. And a sign is something that points to something else. I know that sounds kind of silly and obvious, but it is important to remember what what does this mean? So if God says the Sabbath is a sign between God and the people of God, it's pointing to something beyond itself. So the point of Sabbath is not Sabbath itself. The point of observing Sabbath is to, to observe this practice that then points us back to something. And that something is that we will know that God is your Lord, your God. I am the Lord, your God. Now, if you have read very much in the Gospels, you will know that the idea of the Sabbath was a kind of a big deal because Jesus was often accused of breaking the Sabbath. And here, whenever we look at Ezekiel, and God says, keep my Sabbaths holy that they may be a sign between us, I think what Ezekiel is prophesying about here is that when we practice Sabbath, it points us to God and blessedness and creation and God's abundance and the reign and rule of God and what life looks like under the reign of God versus what life looks like under the reign of empire and the powers of this world. And so when Jesus shows up here at the Holy District, we believe that he is God incarnate and that he is actually establishing the reign of God in the midst of the people, in the flesh, as he's teaching and living and healing and feeding and exercising demons and expelling the dark one's influence wherever he goes. And so Jesus, as God, is always working. And when it came time for the Sabbath day every single week, he had opportunities to heal and opportunities to give life 
which is what God does. And the religious leaders of the time were frustrated by that. And I, I think it may be, um, if I were them, it would be easy for me to lose sight of the Sabbath as a sign about the reign and the lordship of God in our lives and what it looks like when God is in control, when God's sovereignty is moving and people are responding to the leadership of God. There is blessedness, there is rest, and there is room and abundance for everyone. Now, one more. We'll just read uh, the passage from Genesis that kind of kicks this whole thing off to wrap up our time of reflection. In Genesis 2, verse 3, it says, Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And so I just want to ask you something. Is there a pattern of ceasing in your life? Is there space in your life on a regular basis where you just stop working? Where you stop hustling? Where you stop trying to make it happen? And you actually trust that God is for you? And that God is bringing about that Eden blessing in your life and wants to bring that to others through your life. We have in our scriptures this statement that God, God's self, the the ground of all being, the creator of everything that we know, the one that gives us our very breath, made a point to rest and appreciate all the work of creating that he had done. Isn't it funny that you and I are tempted to think that we cannot rest? That if we were to rest, if we were to stop, if we were to really try out this practice of Sabbath, that everything would fall apart. That everything would descend into chaos. That that we would be letting down the people who depend on us. When, when God, God's self, chose to rest. Now, I don't know what Sabbath might look like for you. And Sabbath might fall on church day for you. That might be a good built-in rhythm that you already have where you can cease your work. You can cease depending on yourself to sustain your own world. You can cease from the demands that you're placing on others. And you can tune in to the new creation that God is up to in your life by receiving rest and accepting the opportunity to be in community with others, to eat good food, to tell stories, to relax, to reflect, to look for the goodness around you. Yeah, maybe church day... That's already there for you. But maybe you're listening today and you aren't in that space right now. You don't have a regular community that you participate in when it comes to your faith, and maybe you don't even want that. Or maybe you maybe you're in ministry and church day is a work day for you, and you find yourself feeling drained and exhausted. Or maybe there's something else going on. You you will know. God can help you understand that. That doesn't mean that the practice of Sabbath is off limits to you. 
really you can decide to create a rhythm in your life that gives you room to do all of those same things. It might be once a week. It might be once a month. You might even start with a quarterly break that you plan for yourself, that you set aside on your calendar and you just say, this is a day or a weekend where I'm going to cease from my striving and my toiling. I'm going to spend some time with people that I love and enjoy, and I'm going to do some things that bring me happiness. And see what that does for you. See how that begins to shape you. See what stories in your mind that disrupts and what new imagination that practice will give you. I know one thing, if you're anywhere near either of our existing Holy District neighborhood gatherings, we would love to Sabbath with you. And so we're going to wrap up this episode by me just sharing the little spiel that I always do and invite you to a next step. We have neighborhood gatherings happening right now in Allentown, Pennsylvania and Gilbert, Arizona. If you would like to learn more about those, you can find out more at our website, holydistrict.org. Just go to the gather page and you can see when and where we meet and how to get in touch with our neighborhood pastors there. We would also love to hear from you if you're trying out some of these spiritual disciplines or some other ones. Maybe you're starting to nerd out on it a little bit. I would love to get your insight and learn from you or maybe even process some of these things together in spiritual direction. You can fill out a form on our website there as well. As always, you can connect with us on social media at Rediscover Sacred on Facebook and Instagram. I really hope that these episodes are supporting you as you transition away from summertime into fall and whatever God is up to in this season of your life. I love you. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. District is a growing network of people in the United States who are finding creative ways to live integrated, Jesus-centered lives in their communities, with their communities, and for their communities. We're dedicated to rediscovering the sacred in the everyday spaces where we already live, work, and play, and we're so glad you're on this journey with us.